Howdy and welcome to the Tim Week Bible Study. This is week one, day five of our study of Joshua. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Joshua 3, 1 through 17. Welcome back to the 10-week Bible study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start? Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God? Give us grace to fill our hearts and our minds with your word, that we would meditate on it day and night, that we would obey, and that you would make us prosperous through it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. I'll be reading today from the NIV. This is Joshua 3, starting in verse 1. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. So let's pause right there. Let's look at the map. And again, if you're just listening to this, you can find the maps at 10weekbible.com slash Joshua. Let's take a look at the map here. And again, here is the north part of the Dead Sea. Down here in the bottom, we've got Shatim is where they were. They're coming over and they're going to camp somewhere right here. Now, the Jordan River is not this squiggly little line. Because it's in flood stage, it's going to be kind of out like this. So they're camping somewhere on the bank of it. I don't know if that's the scale. Nobody knows exactly where it was at. Um, and but But anyway, they're camping on the east side of this here getting ready to cross over and so they're there for several days and and so this is where they're going around the saying as soon as you see the ark go ahead and follow it and i'm sure everyone is still probably thinking how on earth are we going to get across are we going to build boats uh maybe the jordan maybe it's not that deep we don't know verse five joshua told the people consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. So this is the amazing foreshadowing. So Joshua already knows. And again, we don't know when Joshua knew what he knew. Maybe he knew before he sent the priests or before he sent the spies. Don't know. It doesn't tell us, but he definitely knows now. He knows that the Lord's going to do something amazing. At least he has some idea. All right, so he tells the, the priest, go ahead and load this thing up on your shoulders using the poles and go ahead and, and head on down toward the water. Verse 7, And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that they may know what I'm, uh, that I am with you as I was with Moses. This is important, right? So Joshua is not necessarily trying to make a name for himself. I'm sure he had ambition. I'm sure he had goals and dreams and things like that. But he's not really trying to make a name for himself. He's trying to be obedient to the Lord. But the Lord says, listen, the same way that I made all of Israel know multiple, multiple times that Moses was my chosen guy, he says, today I'm going to do the same thing for you. And the way that's going to happen is he's going to part the Jordan River and flood stage the same way that he parted the Red Sea. Right, The Lord is not only going to do something amazing to Joshua, he's going to do almost exactly the same kind of thing that he did for Moses to show everyone, hey, 
the same way I like made heaven and earth and literally the natural order bow to Moses. I'm going to make it bow to Joshua. So you'd better listen to him. You better do what he says. Verse eight, tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. Let's go back to our, our map here of the land of Canaan. It's uh, saying all of these people, all of them, all of those people that are in the land, we're going to drive them out, right? I'm going to tell you how you're going to know that he's actually going to do this. Verse 11. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So Joshua is telling them, listen, as soon as, and he's saying like, this might be hard for everyone to see. So I want you to choose someone from each tribe so they can be firsthand account. They, they don't have to stay back the several thousand uh, feet, a couple thousand yards away from what's going to happen. I want at least 12 people who can see this very clearly up close. As soon as they set foot in the Jordan River, as soon as these priests foot feet hit the water, it's going to stand up in a heap. Verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, where while the water flowing down to the Sea of Araba, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over to Jericho. Let's pause right there. Let's go ahead and look at our uh, map here of crossing the Jordan one more time. So the water is not just like cut off right here where they are. Actually, Adam is just a little off of this map. It's just a few miles north and the water is actually dammed up so that this ultra-wide body of water that's flowing down in flood stage, it dries up to a trickle and then disappears entirely. Now, this is obviously rocky territory, rocky area, and so when it dries up, it, it's going to dry up well enough to where they actually cross over on dry ground. Now, the interesting thing here is, you know, Joshua tells them that it's going to dry up and it's going to pile up in a heap, but it, it doesn't do it right there where they can see it. It does it a long way upstream. And so someone somewhere after the fact, after they've taken the whole land, they're interviewing people, somehow they find out exactly where the water was piled up. Or maybe Joshua had sent a few spies up and down the east side of the river to see what was going to happen and, and bring word back. Somehow someone finds out exactly where the water piles up because we know it. It's in, in our, our, 
our narrative here. And so I think it's amazing that the Lord actually did pile up the water a long way upstream. I mean, this is a long distance here, um, something like uh, 15 miles-ish. I can't remember exactly how far that is, but it's it's not a short distance. And so the Lord has dried up a significant part of the Jordan River in flood stage. Again, remember, they're like, this is in flood stage. We can't just get across this thing. It's very wide, a lot of water, and it's probably flowing pretty good in the middle. So fording, it's not going to be easy with all these people. But it, it completely stops and it dries up. The the interesting thing to me is, like, I, I, I think about, like, how did this work? Was there an earthquake so that there's like a basically a, a, a mudslide or rock slide dam that dams up the water at a pinch point along the, the, the Jordan River? And there's, you know, it, it takes enough time for the water to back up to finally bust that that dam. Um, was it just completely supernatural, you know, like you see in the, the pictures where you could have gone and grabbed a fish out of the water? Um what exactly happened and how long did it take for all of that water to just dissipate and disappear on its way down? Cause it's a lot of water, but it says as soon as they set foot in the water, that's when it, it stopped. And this is what I find amazing. This is all some, this is all nat, the natural order, right? The Lord supernaturally has control over the natural order. And he, he, he said this in advance. This is a sign from the Lord that Joshua is the prophet, is the, the king, is or not the king, but the, the leader of Israel who's going to take them, you know, all, all the way across. He's going to, to do what he said he's going to do, that they should trust him. And it's because Joshua predicts in advance something that it would be impossible for a human, especially back then, to do for this water to be completely cut off the moment that he said it would happen when their feet hit the water. So I don't know if it's all of a sudden the, the water's in flood stage and it's rushing and they set their feet and then as immediately the water starts to dwindle, dwindle, dwindle and over a few hours it's all gone or did the water like literally dam up and there's just this wall of water and then nothing behind it and it's just boom, it's all gone instantly. I, I really wish we had video footage of that because it would have been really cool to see and to know exactly how did this take place. However you see it, it happened, right? And they all see it. They all walk across on dry ground. Verse 17, the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. So the, the priests with the Ark of the Covenant, they go in and they stop in the middle and then everybody files past the Ark of the Covenant saying in the middle of the riverbed, not just in the middle of, of the part that was flooded by the river in flood stage, but they're stopping on the middle of the riverbed and it's dry. Now, I've always wondered, was it soggy dry? Was it dry dry? I don't know. I don't even know if that's necessarily important. Maybe it was absolutely completely bone dry. Maybe it was dry in that it's still wet on the bottom because the water was there just a few moments ago, but it's like crossable. You know what I mean? There's no river there anymore. I don't know exactly what this means. <clears throat> My assumption is it's pretty rocky there and so that it's relatively dry. 
Um, but it, there's no river there is the main point. The Lord stops this thing up and we're going to see as soon as they get back to the other side, the water's going to start flowing again. So again, we know in this case, right, because it tells us that they're not crossing like people have imagined in the, the Red Sea crossing where it's like just standing up on either side and you could reach in and grab the fish like you've seen cartoons of that. We know that this is some kind of natural disturbance that's dammed up the water upstream. However, that that happened, right? Um, or maybe just a supernatural thing, but we know that it didn't happen right next to them. We know that, that they can't see that. It's too far away for them to see what happened. They find that out later. But they know that the water coming downstream just completely uh, continues on its way to the Dead Sea and stops and there's no more water. So they know that it's, it's dammed up. Joshua told us that it was going to be dammed up somehow. Again, we don't know exactly what caused it or how it happened, but we know that it happened and we know where it happened. So again, I go back to the, the thought that there were people that were there that saw it happen and then were able to relay it. And it wasn't important enough for Joshua or anyone else to tell us exactly what caused it or, you know, how it was dammed up. And I'm like, I would have loved to have known exactly what happened. Like, was there this earthquake and then the mountains fell into it or whatever, who knows? It's above my pay grade, and I don't get to know that right now, but it will be definitely on my list of questions. Uh, can I review the footage of exactly what happened? Can I look through the archives, Lord, when I get to heaven and see this with my own eyes? Because it sounds really cool, and I want to know exactly how it happened. But until that day, I don't get to know exactly how it happened. I just trust the important parts of the narrative of the story, and that wasn't one of them. The important part is that it happened. And also it happened because, partly because the Lord wanted to show everyone, this guy Joshua, he's in charge, just like Moses. You better listen to him. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.